Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. And a happy 4th of July, the day where we celebrate America and its achievements. And one of the greatest of those achievements when it comes to science and exploration happened in 1969, when astronaut Neil Armstrong stepped onto the lunar surface and into the history books, becoming the first human being to ever walk on the moon. That's one small step for man. The last lunar landing, Apollo 17, occurred in 1972. In the half century since, not a single person has returned to the moon, but that could soon change. NASA has launched a program to get astronauts back to the moon, maybe by as soon as 2025. But there is a lot of work to do, and the space agency is partnering with a variety of California companies like SpaceX to make sure America's return to the moon dreams become a reality. I wanted to see what some of the work looks like. And that's why I visited an aircraft hangar in the Mojave Desert about 100 miles north of LA as people around me assembled rocket components. So Mr. Kuntz, where are we? What is this space? Uh, We're in our main hangar. Uh, where we store our flight vehicles and right now are all our test trailers as well. That's Matthew Coons, Vice President of Research and Development and Maston Space Systems, showing me around. Through a contract with NASA, Maston is trying to develop small, unmanned spacecraft that could land on the moon to support future human expeditions. Around me in Coons is the fruit of that labor, repellent tanks, rocket nozzles, and landing vehicle prototypes in various states of assembly. So that is our lunar lander uh, terrestrial demonstrator. So it's the architecture of our lunar lander and it's designed to test the guidance navigation and control system and the propulsion system and then a couple other components. So it's uh, set up the same way, but it's scaled to try to represent the lunar flight environment here on Earth. And essentially some future version of that vehicle would be the one that would land on the moon with payloads. Yes, exactly. The work happening in this hangar is a small example of the Artemis program. That's NASA's initiative to send human beings back to the moon, including landing the first woman and person of color on the lunar surface. And unlike the Apollo program of 50 years ago, this time NASA wants to keep a regular human presence on and near the moon as a stepping stone for future exploration of the solar system. Here's how the space agency explains it in a promotional video. And so, We go to the moon now, not as a series of isolated missions, but to build a community on and around the moon capable of proving how to live on other worlds. 
Mastin hopes all that future lunar exploration and settlement will require a lot of cargo to be flown between the Earth and the Moon, cargo its vehicles would deliver. We're going to be the transportation provider. You want to be the bus, in a sense. We're, we're the bus. That's Sean Mahoney, the CEO of Mastin Space Systems. He explained to me what the unmanned vehicles his company is developing might carry and why. So you may have large landers that are bringing in large number of people, but you're still going to need some supplies. You're going to need resupply, water and food. So in support of humans, it could be those sorts of things. It may also be delivery of robots, rovers, or other sorts of prospecting things without humans involved at all. And Mahoney says NASA is asking its partners in the moon effort to develop lunar vehicles that are relatively simple to build and reusable, with an eye towards cost control and off-the-shelf technologies. We are all about creating value, lowering the barriers of access to space, not from a Star Trek level like, okay, inventing technology that doesn't exist, just using existing things and leveraging them and being smart about how you allocate risk and how you go about opening up these opportunities. So essentially how to get to space, work in space, travel through space and to the moon and how to do it inexpensively and reliably. Yeah. But here's a dollars and cents reality check about returning to the moon, despite NASA's efforts to control costs. The space agency's Artemis program is years behind schedule, and the estimated cost of launching a human-crewed rocket to the moon has soared from $500 million a launch to more than $4 billion, an eight-fold increase. NASA's own auditor has called the costs unsustainable in the long term. But despite such concerns, the first tentative steps are being taken to return to the moon. Five, four, three, two, one. As part of the Artemis program, last month, Rocket Lab, a small Long Beach-based company, launched a rocket from New Zealand towards the moon. Its payload was a small 55-pound satellite about the size of a microwave oven. It will circle the moon and find lunar orbits where NASA will one day build a space station called Gateway to ferry astronauts to and from the lunar surface. Meanwhile, back at Mastin's hangar in the Mojave Desert, engineers and technicians work to make their own lunar landing dreams come true. I asked Matthew Coons what keeps him going. Why do I live out in the desert and uh, far from the cities? Um, yeah, it's really want to push the boundaries of space. One of the kids who never grew out of wanting to be an astronaut. And so being able to work on the technologies to especially the really hard problems. The, the really, really hard problems is what makes it so much fun. If we can help get back to the moon, hopefully to stay, that, that would be an amazing accomplishment. That's, that's why we're here. Mastin hopes to have one of its lunar landers touch down on the moon's surface by late next year. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. 
the land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, it was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. And that is this July 4th edition of the California Report. We are a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Thanks so much for listening and have a great 4th of July. Support for the California Report comes from Personal Capital, providing people with financial tools like the Retirement Planner to help them achieve their financial goals. PersonalCapital.com. Stanford Healthcare. Alerting listeners to the critical blood shortage in the area. Now is the time to donate blood and make a difference. StanfordBloodCenter.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt through the Schmidt Family Foundation, working together to create a just world where all people have access to renewable energy, clean air and water, and healthy food. On the web at theschmidt.org. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hi there, I'm Randadid Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast.